You're now tuned in to the Brendan King Show. From high above the circle in downtown Indianapolis, here's BK. Thank you, Kyle Wells. Week after the Super Bowl. Not a whole lot going on. Not a lot of productivity. There's not a lot of moving parts. Especially when you get off the weekend that we just had in Indianapolis. Want to give a special shout out to two very special people who tied the knot over the weekend. Finally. Connor Flynn and Kendall Mason, and I don't say finally as in Flynn, you got the job done finally, you're waiting too long. No, no, no. I mean that the two of them, Connor and Kendall, who are spectacular people, tied the knot after needing to postpone their wedding three, well, two, and then schedule for a third time. Unbelievable. It was supposed to start the right as COVID hit, literally, you know, March of 2020 when the world shut down. And then they tried again. It didn't work. But finally, 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 we have a wedding. And it was tremendous. You know, 200 some people, Union Station, Indianapolis. It was rainy, but we got past that. Great band, awesome songs. They closed with Mr. Brightside. It was terrific and awesome to see a lot of good people. But that happens on Super Bowl weekend. And. You just get nothing done from Thursday through Sunday. So we're back. BK Show, Friday beers, 15% off right now. Valentine's Day sale is happening in general. So, again, this is another thing. They don't they don't want me to tell you this. But 30% off for Valentine's Day. But if you throw in the promo code, if you throw in the T-H-E-B-R-E 15, you'll get an extra 15 for... Do the math. 45% off. Whoop, whoop! 45 on whatever Friday beer shirt you like. But you got to get that done ASAP because of the Valentine's Day sale. If you're not celebrating Valentine's Day with a significant other, you can celebrate Valentine's Day with good old Friday beers. A lot to get to. It's just you and me for the next 30, 45 minutes. Just catching up. Resetting, telling you everything you need to know. It is you and me. Let's lock in right now. Super Bowl 56. The extra point really cost you a push on that minus four. Did you bet the Rams? I bet the Rams minus four. It was just a single bet. Now, I did win some bets, which was I, I was happy about. I was happy about some bets, but the minus four, a damn extra point in the first half screws you. That's football. That's sports betting. BK's lock of the weekend. Rams minus three and a half sacks on Joe Burrow. God bless Joe Burrow. Guy tore his ACL once. Looked like he tore it again. Came back out. Joey Big Stones. To almost, almost lead a Super Bowl game winning drive in his second year in the league. Joe Burrow's going to be really good. And all that makes me think about 
is how screwed the Indianapolis Colts are if they don't finally get their bleak together and hit the quarterback position. Phillip Rivers retires. Carson Wentz, choppy to start. Okay, midseason. Pretty good to end the year. And then just kablooing those last two games. Carson Wentz went from the Christmas Day win with his right hand with his right hand men not playing for the Colts. Remember, Darius Leonard didn't play. You get four or five defensive starters not playing. You're just hoping that Jonathan Taylor didn't catch to the Omicron. He didn't. He plays. Colts beat the Cardinals in AZ, and maybe that's because now we know the Cardinals are completely dysfunctional and Kyler Murray wants out. Who the hell knows what's happening there? But all Joe Burrow makes me think about is that the Colts need to hit a quarterback decision positively and then not have them retire two months later, by the way, like Phillip Rivers, and you respect what Phillip Rivers did, but Phillip Rivers got the hell out. He's probably smart to do that. But then you look to the other side in the Super Bowl. The Colts could have had Matthew Stafford if they chalked up one more first-round pick. The Colts paid a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. Of course, it was a conditional second-rounder that turned into the first-rounder because of Wentz's playing time. And all the conversation around here was, hey, hey, Double D, you think the, you think the Colts are going to you think the Colts are going to sit Carson Wentz in the last four or five games? Cut to his playing time a little bit? No. Didn't happen. Chris, you know what the funny part is? is like That probably would have been genius for Chris Ballard to do, but he would have never gotten a job in the NFL again because owners can't trust him then. Oh, because owners can't trust him. You, you sit Carson Wentz so you don't have to give up a first-round pick. As genius as that sounds, no way Chris Ballard's working in the NFL again. His reputation would be slandered. Even though we all would do it. And I bet Chris thought about doing it. Did Frank did Frank Reich think about doing it? I don't know. But watching Matthew Stafford on Sunday, all it made me think about was the Colts could have had Stafford for an extra first-round pick. And really, if the Bears didn't draft Justin Fields, they could have had Matthew Stafford. Now, would the Lions have traded Stafford in division? I'm not sure. But the Lions aren't the smartest group of bunchies out there, if you know what I'm saying. Rams get him. Is McVay now polling a John Madden? I guess McVay says he's not retiring. That's that's the John Madden of our generation. John Madden retired after he won a damn Super Bowl. And God rest his soul. John, John Madden, if John Madden polled a John Madden nowadays to go into broadcasting, and that had never been done before, I, I, I think the Twitter heads would have exploded. The blue checks on Twitter would have lost their minds saying this guy's an idiot. And then John Madden would have gone on to do broadcasting, and then, you know, he gets into the video game world. And we all call John Madden a genius now, but if McVay pulls a Madden and calls it quits, everybody's going to call him an idiot. And I, I wasn't alive in the 1960s, clearly. But I, I don't think that the media was calling coaches idiots like they are nowadays. But what what would have been the reaction of John Madden retiring if that happened in 2022? A lot of people screaming their heads off for sure. Is McVay going to do that? I don't know, but he's got his ring. He's got his ring after OBJ snapped his knee open. Even though Cam Akers was really bad, that run game for the Rams was terrible. Look, I get that the Bengals have a brutal offensive line. They have a terrible offensive line. And 
you probably put your money on what the Bengals are drafting come this spring. But their defensive line, when they went into the free agent pool to bolster it, the Bengals bet on their defensive line by signing free agents. And usually, signing free agent pass rushers is not the move. That usually does not work out. Again, what does that make me think about? Hmm. The Indianapolis Colts and their lack of pass rush. Is Gus Bradley going to get the Colts to the quarterback now? Look, you Bears fans, look, man, have fun. I think the last time I talked to you was before the hire. It was ju- it was a day before the hire, right? Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, it's just you and me. BK Show, T-H-E-B-R-E 15, Friday beers, 15% off. Can be more, though, if you go to FridayBeersShop.com. Valentine's Day sale happening right now. Um... We'll get to Eberflus in a second. But watching that Super Bowl, all I could do was think about the Colts. That's all I could do. And and their flaws. Paying a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. when they, If they paid one more, they could have gotten Matthew Stafford. Knowing that inside the Colts front office, somebody, not going to say who, I don't think anybody knows exactly who either, but somebody didn't like Matthew Stafford enough to make the decision that Wentz over Stafford or over Darnold or who, over whoever. Knowing that the Bengals bolstered their D-line with free agent pass rushers and they got them to the Super Bowl, the Colts used their first two draft picks this year on pass rushers. One of them, pretty good, quitty pay, but he needed help. The other one was drafted with a torn Achilles. Dio Dangbo didn't play till midseason. When he did play, he looked okay. What did the Colts do? Nothing. They let a guy just walk to the Titans in Danico Autry, who had a hell of a year. They let a guy just walk to the Ravens in Justin Houston, one of the better players at his position this generation. Now they just fired their defensive line coach. The Colts did. The Super Bowl only makes me think about the Colts' flaws, and I'm not having fun doing it. It's awful. It's awful. And now, next week coming up on the show, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do, for the second consecutive year, by the way, we're going to do a circle center speed round of the four quarterbacks I want to see in Indianapolis. And no... Again, it's top four in order. Top four in order. Last year, if you may remember, Carson Wentz was number three on that list. I can tell you, hint, hint, wink, wink, that Carson Wentz probably will not be on this year's list. Good for the Rams. Good for Matt Stafford. He's a Hall of Famer. Right? That should that should write it in stone. Guys in the Hall. Joe Burrow, he gets a couple of those rings. He'll be a Hall of Famer. Sean McVay, probably going to be a Hall of Fame coach, depending on how long he goes. But he'll be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame of something, whether that's a coach or a broadcaster. Zach Taylor, really good young coach. Future's bright for both squads. But now goodbye football. Goodbye football. Now Chris Mortensen. Big drama. Colts. Unlikely. To bring back Carson Wentz. 
They got to pay $15 million. They got to decide by March 18th. March 18th, as of this moment, is a month and four days away. You know, it's like the definition of insanity is doing something over and over and over again and not realizing it's not working. Are we at that point with the Colts? Okay, so you give you give Reich and Ballard a, a a break, right, because of the luck stuff to start. Andrew Luck retires, franchise quarterbacks out. Give him give him some time. Okay, so Jacoby Brissett wasn't cutting it. So he signed Philip Rivers. Who could have you have had instead of Philip Rivers? And I get this is hypothetical. You know who else was on the market? A guy named Tom Brady. Would Brady have ever signed here? Doubtful. But who knows? I don't know how aggressive the Colts were in pursuing Brady. Now, Brady did say, Brady did say, remember that podcast, that he was in deep talks with the team, never said what team, he was in deep talks with the team, and he was like, you're hiring that bleeping guy, or you're signing that bleeping guy over me? Yeah, goodbye. Well, would Brady have ever signed here? I don't know. But Tom Brady, the now retired Tom Brady, he got in one last fourth quarter comeback against the Colts at Lucas Oil Stadium in 2021. You went with Phillip Rivers. Who did get you to the playoffs? Very winnable game against Buffalo last year. He lost it. All right, so Rivers retires. Wants to coach high school football. Frank Reich wants his guy. And if you're listening and you're a listener of the fan, 93.5107.5 The Fan, you may remember about a month back, Kevin Bowen and I, I was filling in on the morning show. I We had Sal Pal Antonio on. I asked, I asked Sal Pal, who was an Eagles guy, by the way. Who clearly loves Frank. Frank's a great dude. Ask Sal Pell. Sal, is Carson Wentz's Frank's last shot? Is Carson Wentz Frank's last opportunity to get it done in Indianapolis? He goes, so if I understand right, this is Sal, if I understand right, you're asking me if Carson Wentz doesn't work, Frank gets fired? I said, yeah. And Sal Pell Antonio, one word answer, said no. Now, I don't think I pissed him off with the question. I think he was just trying to be emphatic with the answer, which he was. Maybe I pissed him off a little bit. I don't know. It's a fair question, right? I think it's a fair question. So now we're back at square one. This is Indianapolis. If the Frank Reich quarterback carousel, and throw Ballard in there, I guess Ursay as well, just throw them all in there. If this happened in New York or L.A. or Chicago, or Miami. What other big cities you want to throw in? Dallas, for sure. Oh, if it happened in Dallas. Okay, so let's say Dak Prescott, who is the franchise quarterback in Dallas now, Dak Prescott hates football, tired of it, tired of getting his ass smacked, he retires. All right? So Jerry Jones, he keeps Mike McCarthy, which he is. But Jerry Jones keeps Mike McCarthy in that situation. So Jerry goes with the backup for a couple years. Who was the backup in Dallas? It was Andy Dalton. The guy with that really Italian-sounding name. You guys are probably like screaming it in your car or whatever right now. What's his name? The guy, he, start, he literally started a game for the guy. Ben Danucci! <laughs> ben Danucci, who is, he is still on the Cowboys. He is still on the Cowboys. All right, Ben Danucci. Ben DiNucci, 219 career passing yards, completion percentage of 53, passer rating of 67.9. Ben DiNucci. I think that's the funniest. 
meme ever. Ben Benucci. All right. Uh, so let's say, <laughs> all right. So Ben Denucci is the is Dallas's Jacoby Brissett. You roll with Ben Denucci for a year, and then Ben Denucci does well enough to say, all right, he bought himself another year, and then he starts to stink in the next year, which is what Jacoby did. All right. So you know you need a new quarterback. All these veteran dudes are on the market. Dallas trying to sell him. You have the option to get Tom Brady, and you get <sighs> Philip Rivers. I love Philip Rivers, but when you look at what was on the market, if this happens in any other city, and then Rivers retires, and then you go with the unproven guy that was just had his brain scrambled in his previous city, like Carson Wentz, but he has his head coach, right? You go with the guy that Mike McCarthy worked with before. You go with the guy that that Frank Reich worked with before. It just doesn't work. If this happened, if this kind of collapse happened that the Colts had in 2021-22, if this happened in Dallas, if this happened in L.A., if this happened in Chicago, if this happened in New York, if this happened in Miami, if this happened in New England, GM, coach, director of player personnel, custodian, team chef, they're getting their ass ran out of town. Everybody, everybody, yet in Indianapolis, Frank Reich still has a job. Chris Ballard still has a job. And they're getting a pass like it's a slap on the wrist, and they're trying to blame Carson Wentz. And I don't think Carson Wentz was spectacular by any means, but he doesn't deserve to get all the blame. The Colts had the leading rusher in the National Football League, be it, with Derrick Henry being out for a while. The Colts had the leading rusher in the National Football League. And sure, Carson Wentz didn't give you quarterback capable quarterback play, but everybody else got, just got hung up to dry. Chris Ballard did not touch the wide receiver position. Michael Pittman Jr. on the L.A. Rams. Look, listen to how crazy this is. The L.A. Rams, their top three wide receivers, went healthy, okay? When healthy, the L.A. Rams, Cooper Cup, Bob Woods, and OBJ. Van Jefferson's number four. Would Michael Pittman Jr. even be the number three wide receiver on the Rams? When healthy. When healthy, would Michael Pittman Jr. be the number three wide receiver on the Rams? Uh, It's worth arguing. Robert Woods has been hurt consistently. But when healthy... That, he's a bad man. A bad man. And OBJ, look, I, I think it's been determined that OBJ got screwed over in Cleveland. And Baker Mayfield hung him out to dry. OBJ still got talent. Michael Pittman's not the number one on the LA Rams, I can tell you that. Probably not the number two. And when healthy, look, if we get this OBJ, I might be taking OBJ over Pitt. Now, Michael Pippen Jr., talented guy. He's the Colts' number one wide receiver. Then who do you have? Zach Pascal? Mr. Two touchdowns in week one and then disappear? T.Y. Hilton? Who was good, ain't good anymore. The always injured Paris Campbell. Chris Ballard did not give Carson Wentz Jack at wide receiver. He didn't give Carson Wentz Jack at tight end. Jack Doyle's old, Kylan Granson clearly not ready, and Mo Alley Cox is slow. Offensive line, Eric Fisher couldn't block a damn. Mark Lewinsky at the right guard couldn't block a damn. Ryan Kelly, 
pretty good. And then very unfortunate circumstances. Quentin Nelson couldn't stay healthy. Braden Smith couldn't stay healthy. You're paying this offensive line gazillions, and they can't stay on the field. Then you got JT with that offensive line beaten in Bruges. JT leaves the league in rushing. And then Ballard doesn't address the defensive line, and you expect Carson Wentz to go and outscore teams like the Cardinals and the Rams and the Raiders and the Seahawks and the Titans. I'm not putting this all on Carson Wentz. As bad as he was, there it is a fireable offense what happened to the Colts. And the Super all the Super Bowl makes me think about is that. All the Super Bowl makes me think about is that. Hey, good for the Rams, man. Good for the Rams. Good for the Rams. Uh, Major League Baseball lockout. I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, The only thing I do know is that we are playing minor league baseball on April 8th. No 40-man roster, guys, though, as of now. I I can't believe it. I cannot believe that it has gotten to this point. Now, the universal DH, cool. I'm good with that. The draft pick stuff, fixing that up, I'm good with that. It's like a cat and mouse game. Rob Manfred goes to the mic after every meeting and says, I'm an optimist, and I think we're going to start on time, and I think that everything's puppies and rainbows. That's like It's like the, um, I forgot who the actor is, but the meme says, everything is fine, do not panic. Look, man, pitchers and catchers are, support to, are supposed to report this week. And it's a ghost town in these minor league spring training sites. Ghost town. I don't know what's what they're supposed to do. Because the game has been damaged. It will continue to be damaged. Because when you don't offer the product that is already struggling to the people that don't necessarily scoop it up right away because they prefer to go to other things first, you're just doing yourself a disservice. Major League Baseball has put themselves in this position because of their inability to get out of their own way. That's it. That's it. Truly. Because of their inability to get out of their own way. Why do you think George Costanza always argues with his parents? Because he can't get out of his own way of being a dupe. Because George always runs into trouble. He does it to himself, and his parents go crazy on him. Serenity now! Serenity now! (laughs) Same thing. Baseball gets themselves in the trouble, and then when they finally come to the table, they have nothing to offer. And then on the other side with the players, you know that they're not even listening to the owners. It's become apathy-like. The player, it seems like the players don't care what the owners say because they know they're going to get screwed. Now, maybe that's on the players. They need to listen better. They need to be better listeners. But then on the flip side of the coin, the owners and Manfred, they need to be more willing to hear the other side too. It's a matter of listening. And I, I don't get how we struggle as adults. I've kind of come to know, like especially in the last year, that life is just high school forever. 
Life is just being in high school. There's never a truly easy day. People don't listen. It's hard to get people's attention. And when you finally do, people struggle presenting the facts. It's like high school drama, man. I I went to a really big high school, so maybe you don't agree. I went to one of the bigger high schools on the south side of Chicago. You know, my graduating class was like 620, 650. So if you went to a small high school, maybe it's different. But I know from my high school experience, it's just all drama. And that's what, I feel like that's what 2022 has become. It's just a bunch of high school people. You could be 60 and still be in high school, it seems. Because you don't change. That's the lockout. You're not giving the product that needs to be delivered in order to be successful. There's very few people anymore that are going to seek out what baseball has to offer. They need baseball to come to them. That's why... God, this still works me. That's why in the COVID summer of 2020, when baseball had the opportunity to be the first thing to come back after lockdown, of course, it was like UFC, there was horse racing, but mainly like, right, like very late, like 11 p.m. UFC fights in empty gyms. With the only thing that you can hear, the two guys screaming in the octagon and their trainers. That That's all really that was available to watch unless you were sticking to like ESPN Classic all day, which is what I was doing. Baseball had an opportunity to come back. Really in June. And what was the players, what were the players saying? When and where? Tell us when to go. We'll sign. The owner... The owners were on the 60-game crap. It, oh, it couldn't be more than 60. Then they had to figure out travel, COVID stuff. That, but that, was, that seemed like it was put together once they decided on 60. The biggest hamper of baseball is how many games to play? When you could have been the first sport back? When baseball came back in COVID summer, if you remember, that was right to the same time When the NBA announced the bubble, they gave all the details on the bubble. They told you the teams that were going to come play. Then shortly after, the NHL announced their bubble in Canada. A little different since that's not in the States, but it was still competing on television for eyes. And when you compete for eyes on television, and there's both baseball, basketball, and hockey available, usually baseball's number three. Hockey in the summer? Hell, I'm watching that. I could watch baseball any time in the summer. That's what a lot of people said, I'm sure. Baseball had the opportunity to be the one and only thing on television. Remember people were betting on Korean baseball? Korean baseball. People were getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning just to watch sports. And you could have had Major League Baseball. Instead, nope. That's it. So it's the same thing, man. This is never going to change. All I do know, here's the one thing I know. Baseball at the minor league level will be played on April 8th. That's all you need to know. That is all you need to know. It's the BK Show, partnered with Friday Beers, 15% off right now. A lot of great stuff. 
FridayBeerShop.com. Look, the almost Friday posts that go out every Thursday, they are quick with the trigger to get those shirts up shortly after the photos are posted. So for the full selection, almost Friday shirts, FridayBeerShop.com, T-H-E-B-R-E-15, with the promo code. All right, we are going to get to some BK's big play right now from the Super Bowl. It's the great Al Michaels. BK's big play right now coming up. 0-2. Fastball got him swinging. Milwaukee leaves him loaded. Possibly the last Sunday night football broadcast ever for Al Michaels. You heard that right. Al Michaels may be the highest profile free agent in all sports athlete coach whatsoever because... His contract with NBC is up, and he gave the inkling at the start of the broadcast right before Collinsworth gave his signature slide. He said, partner, come in and do this one more time. Collinsworth then slid, and then there's been a lot of rumors today that Michaels may be getting let go by NBC, like they won't renew his contract. He's a free agent. NBC has the option to renew the contract. But, man... Al Michaels, the GOAT, truly the GOAT in what he does, started with, do you believe in miracles, the miracle on ice, 11 Super Bowls. That ties him for the most Super Bowl calls in the history of broadcasting with Pat Summerall, another GOAT. There could be multiple GOATs in broadcasting, by the way, but Pat Summerall and Al Michaels now tied for 11 Super Bowl calls each. Look, 56 total Super Bowls, there's 22 of them. You've heard 22 Super Bowls with Pat Summerall and Al Michaels. That's absolutely incredible. Possibly the last Super Bowl call ever for Al Michaels. Let's hear from him. And Cincinnati will not spend that final timeout. They'll let the Rams exult. Sean McVay gets the Gatorade bath after five seasons. Cooper Cup, phenomenal. Stafford gets the job done. Whitworth at age 40. Aaron Donald, we go back to the fact that Michelle was saying before the game, he's thinking about retiring. This could be the end. We don't know. But the Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. You know what's so great about that game-winning call? It sounds like Michaels is sitting in a barber chair getting his hair cut, talking the next day about what happened but he is physically sitting in SoFi Stadium watching the events of the L.A. Rams winning a Super Bowl in their home stadium. Sean McVay, after five years, winning a Super Bowl, as he said, Andrew Whitworth getting the ring, Matt Stafford getting the ring, and with such a calming demeanor and spectacular and exquisite wording, Michaels gives you that call. And again, it's like it's like he's talking to you when you're sitting down having a beer, I think that's the best tip I've ever gotten from uh, an old mentor of mine, Tom Callahan, former Indy Fuel play-by-play voice. Pretend you're sitting down and having a beer with a buddy. That's that's what Michaels is. That's what you just heard from Al Michaels. Now, that brings up another point, though. Let's say, I tweeted this earlier, let's say NBC lets Michaels walk. If NBC, who I think would make an absolutely stupid decision to let him go, but you do have Tariko waiting in the wings. I think it's always been looked at as Sunday Night Football will be Tariko's job, whatever Michaels 
retires, but I never thought it would be Michael Michael's leaving. I always thought it would be Michael's retiring, but per multiple reports that I've read, it doesn't sound like Michael's has any interest in hanging up the headset. So where does Michael's go? Now, Al Michaels has called every sport. He started off as the Cincinnati Reds play-by-play guy. Then he called games in the NBA. He's called Olympics. He's called hockey. Uh, Here's what I think Al Michaels should do. And I'm not going to tell Al Michaels what to do, but Al Michaels, in his best interest, this is exactly what he should do. He should pick up multiple sports and just start becoming like a roving guy again. Let him do what games he wants. Maybe let him do some golf, hell, for that matter. Let him do some golf. I'd pay, I would pay to hear L. Michaels do golf on like CBS. Him and Jim Nance like alternating. That would be spectacular. Like you go hole 15, Nance, hole 16, Michaels, hole 17, you know, whoever. I think that'd be terrific. But here's what Michaels should do he should get back into hockey. Because right now, God bless him, but the NHL has their new deal with ESPN, TNT, and ABC. Some of the voices that they have chosen to do NHL games just are not made to do hockey. I'm not going to say who, but in my opinion, they brought people who are too basketball-y into calling hockey. And I think you can call hockey... If you do other sports, but there's a certain way of broadcasting hockey that is different from any other sport, just like calling baseball on the radio is different from any other sport. But whether you do hockey on TV or the radio, there's just a certain edge you need to have with your voice and with your pace that is so different from basketball because basketball relatively most of the time is slow, right? There's a lot of passing on the perimeter. And when a shot gets up, that's likely the only shot of the possession unless you get an offensive rebound. In hockey, the passing is so fast and so crisp that you need to be on it. And then when a team has the puck in a team's defensive zone, there could be four, five, six shots on one scoring chance. Right? There could be multiple rebounds. There could be a net front scramble. There could be pushing and shoving that creates the puck squeaking out and onto somebody's stick. The the announcers, some of the announcers that TNT and ABC has picked to broadcast hockey are too basketball-y or too football-y. When you call football, when you call basketball, the climax of plays usually occurs once, right? In hockey, there could be multiple climax moments in in one offensive rush. You know, there's big saves, there's big shots, there's big hits. You know, usually in basketball, it's the shot, and that's it. And then the team gets the ball back. In football, there could be multiple climax moments, but usually it's a throw, it's a sack, it's a tackle. That's what's so different. So, TNT and ABC should sign Al Michaels on a contract where he works when he wants and the games he wants, but you give him 
the Stanley Cup final. I like Kenny Albert. Kenny Albert just has never been to me like a number one guy. He's a great number two. But Kenny Albert right now is the number one guy on TNT. I love Kenny Albert, but I think they just need a little bit more star power. And could you imagine Al Michaels, who starts his career in Lake Placid, do you believe in miracles? Yes. U.S. wins the gold. That's as a young Al Michaels with the with the Afro hair. Now, years later, I mean, we're talking 42 years later, he closes his career for as long as he wants, broadcasting select NHL games and the Stanley Cup final. And if you think just broadcasting the Stanley Cup final gives him too much leverage... They bring in Jim Nance to do the national championship game. Jim Nance doesn't do any basketball before March all year. And then CVS lets him do the natty. Same thing. It's the same thing. You give Kenny Albert all the number one playoff games for the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and the conference finals. Give me Al Michaels and Kenny Albert. Whatever Kenny Albert does the Western Conference Finals. Al Michaels does the Eastern Conference Finals. Al Michaels gets the gets the Stanley Cup final. I think that'd be unbelievable, and it would attract eyes to the sport like we were just talking about in baseball. It'd be great. Now, Al Michaels is going to want the waste management open dump truck full of money backed up into his yard, but I think ABC and Disney and TNT can afford it. You know, speaking of which, the waste management open. I I am addicted. I'll tell you what I'm addicted to. I'm addicted to watching the Waste Management Open um, whole cameras at 2.30 in the morning when drunk people who were at the bars in Scottsdale all night then just show up at 2.30 at a hole and then sleep until like 7 and then wake up and start drinking again. I think that's a genius drinking move where you just stay out all night Go to the Scottsdale bars. There's plenty to look at at the Scottsdale, Scottsdale bars, too. Um, <laughs> it, you know, stay out, have fun, have a good time, and then just start waiting in line at 2 a.m. You're plastered. There's going to be nothing wrong. You know, you're just going to stand there and just make sure that you have a toilet nearby because you probably broke the seal at like 8 p.m. You'll be good. <laughs> Uh, the, the fact that you get two hole-in-ones out of the Waste Management Open this year is, is unbelievable. I, I am truly addicted to watching those videos. I think it's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. PK Show, uh, we're going to close things out. We're going to toss you some wanted posters. NHL style. Now, wanted posters, which are different than grievances... Wanted posters just brings attention to somebody. I'm in search of somebody. It could be for good reasons, too. A grievance is when I have a problem with somebody. Wanted posters, I'm I'm trying to find something. And in the NHL right now, there are things to be found. Let's hit some wanted posters on the VK show to close things out. Yeah. You're coming with me. All right. That's what I like to hear, man.
NHL wanted posters. Here's what you need to know most of all in the NHL right now. The Florida Panthers, I just got an email. The Florida Panthers are the number one team in the Eastern Conference. Myself will be in Sunrise, Florida at the end of this month, Saturday, February 26th. Florida Panthers, Edmonton Oilers, Connor McDavid in the flesh. Let's go. Florida Panthers leading the Eastern Conference with a very nice 69 points. One point in front of the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Pittsburgh Penguins who have 68 points. The Carolina Hurricanes have 67 points. Monstrous game on Wednesday. Panthers-Hurricanes. That will determine first place in the Eastern Conference. The Panthers still on their Olympic break as the NHL had their all-star game in Vegas. Now the Olympic break. Now the reason they have the Olympic break is not because any any NHL players are playing the Olympics because that was backed out stupidly. I already gave you my opinion on that plenty. And now the U.S. Olympic team, God bless them, great, they're 3-0, and but they don't have any NHL players. And no matter who gets to the final, whether that's the United States or Canada, they're going to get waxed by the Russians because the Russians are using all of their pro players from the KHL, a.k.a. the second-best league in the entire country. Actually, in the entire world, I should say. That is the KHL. So, that's what you need to know about the Olympics, that the NHL didn't send their players, thus the USA and Canada is going to get their bleep swamped by Russia in the gold medal game. But that's all right. Anyway, uh, Florida Panthers top in the Eastern Conference. They are 23-3 and at home. I'm excited. I, I don't know if I've been this excited about a team since 2016 with the Cubbies. Um, you know, I, I really don't like, I'm not really like fanboy fan anymore. But, you know, the Cubs got a World Series. The Hawks won three Cubs in six years when I was a kid. I mean, you know, so in in terms of, like, obnoxiously rooting for a team, I think those days are over. Like, you know, just like the Butler Bulldog, Dog Pound days are over. I'll always be a Butler fan, and I want Butler to do well, and I go to all the games, and I cheer for them. But I, I don't think I'll ever be an obnoxious sports fan again. Other than right now with the Panthers, the Panthers have never won a Stanley Cup. The last time they won a playoff series was in the 1990s. Um, I've been rooting for the Panthers since 2010. I sat through some just brutal years. Uh, I've sat through two playoff series, actually make it three playoff series that they have lost, actually make it four playoff series that they have lost. Lost in 2011 in seven games to the Devils. They lost in 2015 to the Islanders in six. They got blasted by the Islanders in the bubble in COVID summer, and then in six last year, they lost to the Lightning in the playoffs. So I've never seen a Panthers playoff series win, be it in person or on television. They are the best team in the league right now, and I think I'm going to be a little obnoxious down the stretch with the Panthers. So apologies in advance for that. Again, I've not been this excited about a team since 2016, so Wanted Poster goes out, I guess, to me and the Panthers that I'm going to be tweeting endlessly about this team because they are so good, and they responded just in beautiful fashion to what happened with Joel Quenville. Of course, Q has to resign after the just terrible situation with the Blackhawks and Kyle Beach. And, you know, everybody that now knows about that situation that was in management is now out of a job, which 
I think is the way it should have been handled. Uh, but look, you know, the Panthers arguably have the best coach in the league to start the year. They start the year six and zero. Q steps down. He wins his last game as a head coach. I remember kind of watching that game. It was like, wow, this might be like Quenville's last ever game. Next day, he steps down. So Andrew Burnett, former NHLer, steps in as the head coach. And Andrew Burnett has just coached in the All-Star game, his first ever All-Star game as an interim head coach. So props to him, props to the Panthers, props to guys like Alexander Barkov, Jonathan Uberto, Aaron Eckblad, guys that have been there you know, since all the way back to 2014, have grinded along. They have now put themselves in a position to be the best team in the league and to make a run in the Stanley Cup playoffs and hopefully to the Stanley Cup final. Elsewhere in the NHL, not only a big game on Wednesday between the Panthers and the Hurricanes, monstrous game in the Western Conference, Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche. Vegas is leading the Western Conference by 11 points. 11 points. If you're not familiar with hockey, each game is worth two points, meaning... 11 points. That is nearly six games that Colorado has on the next closest team in the Minnesota Wild. Colorado, Minnesota, Nashville, St. Louis, Vegas is your top five in the Western Conference. Calgary Flames made a pretty big trade today. Tyler Toffoli goes to the Flames in an absolute haul for the Montreal Canadiens. Montreal's terrible after they went to the Stanley Cup final last year. Fired their coach that took them there last season. Marty St. Louis, NHL Hall of Famer, is now their head coach. And they just get a Hall first-round pick, uh, I think third-round pick, a really talented prospect in Emil Heineman and Tyler Pitlick, who is kind of a grinder fourth-line player. But uh, Calgary Flames, keep keep a watch out for them. But huge game on Wednesday between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche. Vegas, who is at 59 points, they're 28-17-3. They have played all year, basically, without a fully healthy lineup. And now, if you may remember, at the start of the year, they made a pretty damn big trade, getting Jack Eichel from the Buffalo Sabres. Buffalo's captain, Jack Eichel, former uh, number 2 overall pick, who is just an elite player, right-handed shot, unbelievable shot. Second overall again, 2015 was the year. Jack Eichel has been cleared to play on Wednesday against Colorado. Earlier last week, I got in a bet. I got in a bet. um, And the bet is, simply, for the Vegas Golden Knights to make the Stanley Cup final. The Vegas Golden Knights are now fully healthy. And the Vegas Golden Knights are a really, really dangerous team. Let's see, what was it at? Vegas Golden Knights to make the Stanley Cup final, plus 380. So I locked that in. I, I think this game is going to tell us who whose Western Conference it is because Minnesota's been a good story. I don't know if they have the depth or the goaltending to make a run to the final. Nashville has been good. Same case for them, mainly depth, though. I also don't know what Nashville is going to do at the trade deadline. The trade deadline is March 21st, I want to say. Can we get check, can we get check on that? March 21st, Monday, March 21st is the NHL trade deadline. I don't know how aggressive Nashville is going to be. I don't, because one problem with Nashville, they're in salary cap hell, and they might need some relief. So they actually might need to trade some guys. So I I don't, I'm not confident enough in the Predators for that reason. I'm not confident in the Wild because of their depth in goaltending. The Blues are an interesting, interesting team. Because they have as many points as Vegas. The Blues haven't necessarily 
blown anybody away on the road. Their road record is about 500, but their home record is 18-6-2. That's second best right now in the West. So, they and they just gave their coach a contract extension, Craig Berube. So, I could see Nashville, or I'm sorry, I could see St. Louis jumping up to like that number two spot because they're only two points behind there. They're a point back in Nashville. It's kind of, again, 11 points separates first to second, and then second through fifth, two points separates that, by the way. So the West is a is an absolute gulag of talent and just fighting. Um, you, you look at the bottom half of the West, too. Anaheim has 55 points. The, the difference between the fourth playoff spot in the West and the last playoff spot in the West is four points. Again, it is anybody's game, even Edmonton, who has been just God brutal awful and will not sign a goaltender or will not trade for a goaltender. They have the two best players in the world in Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. And what's what's holding them back is a goalie. And they won't do it. They're only Edmonton four points back of a playoff spot and 10 points back of second. That's how close it is. You know, then you go back down the Blackhawks, the Kraken and the Coyotes just way out of it. But man, it, it is anybody's game. But again, I will tell you, the Vegas edition of Jack Eichel is so enticing because Vegas, who probably has now three number one, like I was saying with the Rams earlier, Vegas probably has three number one centers right now because Jack Eichel comes back. William Carlson, who was the number one center on their magical run of the Stanley Cup final in their first year. And then a guy named Chandler Stevenson, who has been playing out of his mind since he got traded to Vegas from the Washington Capitals. You know, I just that is so enticing. I think Vegas, Vegas, as in the sports betting community, knows it too, because the Knights are fifth in the West. They have the second best odds of anybody in the West to make the Stanley Cup final. So I, I just see that as the the bookies know something, uh, hockey fans know something, and I you know not trying to toot my own horn, but I think I know something uh, by now. Just I have an inkling about what that can be. I think a Panthers Vegas final would be fun. A Avalanche Panthers final would be even more fun uh, because that would be a rematch of the last time the Panthers were in the Stanley Cup final when Colorado took them down. So there's a lot to like in the NHL right now, and I'm pumped for it. But again, February 26th, I'm back at Florida Live Arena, baby. First time since last April. Looking forward to catching uh, some Cats hockey on the way. Hopefully they can get a dub. I'm really excited, honestly, uh, to just watch uh, Connor McDavid in person and Leon Dreisaitl in person. That's going to be sweet. I mean, just really, really sweet. Uh, BK Show, thanks for being with us. As always, Friday Beers, our great partners, T-H-E-B-R-E 15, 15% off right now. You can email the show anytime, brendankingshow at gmail.com. Uh, new phone number is coming, by the way. We're working on that. That's been a little bit slow in the process of trying to get a new phone number. I guess it's harder than you think, which I, I would have never guessed, but... <laughs> New phone numbers on the way. Uh, congratulations, Connor Flynn and Kendall Mason. That's really the last time I can call her Mason, by the way. Kendall Flynn now, the Flynns, as mentioned at the top of the show, tie the knot, 
finally over the weekend. I think everybody had a great time. It was great to see some folks that I had not seen in a long while. The Flins! The Flins! Congrats, guys. BK Show! We'll talk to you before I head out to Florida. See ya.